We all do it. We compare ourselves to other people. We compare our wealth, our looks, just about everything. In today's episode, we talk about comparing your IVF cycle to others. And should you do it or should you not? I'm Dr. Mark Amos, and this is Taco About Fertility Tuesday. Comparing yourself is normal. We do it every day, and it makes sense. If a person is called pretty and you don't look like them, it's easy to feel you're not pretty. If you're told a certain amount you're supposed to make makes you successful, you're going to compare your wage to someone else. This is perfectly normal human behavior. But when it comes to IVF, things are a little bit different. Comparing yourself gives the illusion that we are all starting with the same qualifications. When you're looking at looks, we all have hair, we all have two eyes, two arms, two legs. So when you're comparing yourself, everyone's starting with the same point. But in IVF, it's completely different. And it's obvious to know that on some situations because a 25-year-old, you would expect to have better egg quality than a 45-year-old. So that comparison is pretty easy to realize okay, I'm not going to be as good as a 25-year-old. But the problem is we compare other things, such as FSH levels and AMH levels or antral follicle counts. And even worse, women tend to blame themselves, that maybe they're the reason why their egg quality is lower, that maybe they're not healthy enough. In this episode, I want to explain why you shouldn't compare yourself. Because most of the time it's going to create anxiety when there's actually no real substance to the comparison and the differences. Let's start with ovarian reserve testing. Constantly I'll hear women say, well, my friend had an FSH level of this and they got pregnant. Why can't I? And what's important to understand about ovarian reserve testing, which is just another fancy way of saying how good your eggs are is that it is a measure of how well you will do with stimulation medications. Now, in several episodes before, we talked about this. We talked about how FSH is the hormone sent by the pituitary gland to force your ovaries to make eggs. If this number is high on a cycle day three lab, it means your brain is working very hard. And for that reason, because it's working very hard, it takes more medication to make more eggs. And if that number is very high, it may even be non-responsive because we can't get the hormones high enough. When we talk about antral follicle count, we're talking about things like how many eggs are you starting with at the beginning of the month? That is the absolute number of eggs you can get that month because in the end, you can't make more eggs than are there. And then the last thing is anti-malarian hormone which is the hormone that kind of gives us an idea of how long do you have 
to remain getting pregnant? What is your ovarian reserve over the long term, not the short term? You can have a high MH, but have a low antifocal count. And in that situation, you might have fertility for many more years, and your egg quality could be good, but you still make few eggs. You can have a great MH, and you could have a good antifocal count and have a very high FSH. And in that situation, you have the potential to make lots of eggs. But in reality, you won't make many because your ovaries will be very resistant to medication. So when you're comparing numbers, it's important to compare the whole picture. And in that picture, you also have to bring age. Because we know with age, there's an increased number of abnormal eggs. And so if you're 45 with an AMH of 4 and an FSH of 9 on a cycle day 3 lab and an antifocal count of 20, you have a very good chance that you might get something compared to your peers. But compared to a 21-year-old, you are definitely in a lower chance, even if they only made 10 eggs or they had a slightly elevated FSH. Because we know the ratio of normal versus abnormal eggs will be different between the age groups. And so when you try to compare yourself, please take the time to look at the whole picture and compare apples to apples. Your ovarian reserve is just a measure of how well you will do compared to your peers. But in the end, when you read someone on a Facebook post that says they had a number and they couldn't get pregnant, you can't assume that's you unless you know the whole story. The real concern I have is when people are comparing IVF cycles. I see this all the time. We'll be going through an IVF cycle and someone will post on Facebook, I'm so worried about my IVF cycle. My estrogen level is only 200 and everyone else's is 1,000. And I can understand that because you're comparing, thinking, well, isn't estrogen important? If mine's low, that's a bad sign. And in some ways, it's kind of correct, but it also misses the big picture. So for example, if the person with 1,000 estrogen on, let's say, day 7 has 12 follicles growing, and the person who had the 200 estrogen has 12 follicles growing, but those follicles are growing slow. They're only 10 millimeters at the time. And the person who was at 1,000 had follicles at 14 millimeters, then in that situation, there really is no difference in the cycles except one is going slower. Yet, that's not what I see on Facebook. I see people thinking everything's going bad. And so here's a situation where comparing numbers but not knowing where they are in the cycle or how big the follicles are can lead to anxiety that really is not necessary. On that same line of reasoning, some people won't make lots of eggs. So let's say your antral follicle count is four and your friend's antral follicle count is 20. Well, then on day seven, even if the follicles are exactly the same size, they're all, let's say, 16 millimeters you're going to have differences in the estrogen because in one situation, you have more eggs. In the other situation, you have less. But the person who maybe has more eggs, maybe they had the potential to get 20 eggs and are only growing 12. And in your situation, you only have four follicles to give and you're getting all four. So you're getting 100% and they're barely getting over 60. So if anything, keep this in mind when you're comparing yourself. You're going to do it. We're all human. Everyone's going to compare. 
but take the time to step back and say, hey, maybe it's different because there are different factors going on. The next area I see of comparison is comparing cycles. I have people ask me, well, my friend did this type of cycle. Why am I not doing that type of cycle? And the reason is because your doctor is picking the cycle that they think is best for you. So there are times where I may use an antagonist cycle on one patient and use a microdose loop run on another. And people compare themselves and they start wondering, why didn't I get this? And I think that's a good thing to ask. But don't stress yourself out that you're not getting the right treatment because you're not getting the same protocol. It may be because that's the best protocol for you. Now, you should always be an advocate for yourself. You should always ask the doctor why. There's nothing wrong with that. But I just want to help reduce the stress that there is a reason why some people get higher doses. There's a reason why people get different protocols, why some get growth hormone and some do not. Some people are put on birth control. Some are put on only estrogen. But in the end, your doctor should be customizing your protocol to your body and to your past experiences. I've had patients ask me, well, after they did this protocol, they went on to a microdose. Why am I not going on to that? And so, for example, in this one case, the patient who had an antagonist cycle didn't make many eggs. Even though everything looked good on paper, they didn't do as well as we thought they would. So the next protocol, we put them on a co-flare protocol and we were able to get more eggs. Now, the patient who was questioning this, she went through an antagonist cycle. Now, she got plenty of eggs. Matter of fact, almost too much. But the biggest issue was quality on hers, not quantity. And so we put more focus on the quality. And I had explained to her that it's not that we just changed the protocol because one didn't lead to the outcome you want. We changed the protocol onto what needs to be fixed. In her situation, it wasn't about quantity, it was about quality. And so we put the focus on that. Now, I know that opens up a can of worms because some of you might be thinking right now, but doesn't protocol affect quality? And the answer is absolutely not. Protocol does not affect the quality of the eggs. I don't care what people say, it does not. In another episode, I did talk about this and you're more than welcome to listen to that. But the point is, I bring this all up because I want people to understand there are going to be differences, but differences are good. We are not all the same person. We're all different. We respond different to medications. We respond different to everything. And so it's not surprising that we all get something different. But in the end, try not to read into it and think that something is wrong with your cycle. Just do yourself a favor. And ask your doctor for clarification and likely they'll let you know that everything is fine and that you're just different and there's nothing wrong being different. As I started this podcast, I said, everyone's going to compare. It's what we do. It's human nature. So it's not a question if you're going to. It's more of a question of when you do, keep these principles in mind. It's likely your cycle is going fine. And that some people just respond different or some people need different things. But that doesn't mean that you need those things. But it also doesn't mean you can't ask. And like I said, be an advocate for yourself. If you have questions, you have every right to know why your doctor picked your protocol and why they chose the things they did for your IVF cycle. I hope this was informative for many of you. 
I've been trying to do some episodes, not just on education, but also to help reduce the anxiety and the concerns people have through IVF cycles. I know there's a lot of things I did, such as comparing cycles when I went through IVF with my wife. And so I wanted to take a few episodes to just help people reduce stress, reduce fear, and reduce anxiety. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please go out and review us. Give us five stars on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or any other place you listen to your podcast. As always, I appreciate everyone who listens to this show and tells people about us and hope you enjoy it. Until next week, I'll talk to you then on Talk About Fertility Tuesday.